What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Matt is going to be joining me in just a minute to talk week 14 of the NFL season. We are getting down to the wire here, people. Bye weeks are over. Everybody's got four games left. It is time to see who's going to be in the playoffs. But first, if you haven't had a chance yet, go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fouled out. Check out some of our additional podcasts that we're dropping over there. All non-NFL related content is on the Patreon. I just dropped a podcast this past weekend about the bowl games I'm looking forward to most in college football bowl season, one of which is this Friday. So by the time this comes out, it's going to be Wednesday. You're going to have about two days. You can still go listen to it. It's about 20 minutes running down my favorite bowl games of the upcoming bowl season uh, that are outside of the New Year's Six Bowls and the college football playoffs. So fun podcast. Enjoy doing that one. Go check that out. There's that and there's many more over there. And you can subscribe to our Patreon for less than you pay for a cup of coffee in the morning. It is $3 a month and you get four extra podcasts from us every month. It's a great deal. But Matt is coming on to talk week 14. Let's go. All right, Matt is here. And Matt, I want to start the podcast off today with some news for you as a surprise. While you were relaxing and enjoying football this weekend, I was out working and I picked up a new sponsor for the podcast. I'd like to do my ad read now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, considerations for today's episode of Fouled Out are brought to you by Blue Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> Get it from your local Detroit Kroger. I literally have a six pack of blue Kool-Aid and I'm popping one open right now because we are firmly, I mean, you have been for a while, but I am now firmly entrenched on the Detroit <laughs> Lions bandwagon. I am literally drinking blue Kool-Aid while doing this podcast. Yeah, he's squeezing that blue syrup into his mouth. <laughs> That's really all it is. It tastes like blue dye that's going to give me cancer, but it feels better <laughs> because the, the Lions playoff train is in full effect now after beating the Vikings 34 to 23, covering the 2.5 point spread that we talked about last week. Yeah, couldn't it was I knew it was a trap line. I just couldn't tell which direction I was like, <laughs> part, do they sucker us into betting on the Vikings or they sucker us into betting on the Lions? And then I looked at where the money was, and there was a lot of money on the Vikings money line and the Vikings as dogs. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, they got him. And good yep. Lord, did they get him on Sunday? We talked about after that first meeting when the Vikings won that it was clear as day that the, the Vikings were not the better team. All things considered, like, the score in this game was much closer than this game was. Like they got fucking smacked in the rematch. It's it's very clear that the Vikings are not really the better team. Uh coming into the game. We talked about it last week. They were 10 and 1 in one score games, which is just completely and utterly unsustainable. If you split the difference on those and like revert it back 
they have a very, very slim lead. Uh, actually, no. They don't even have a lead in the division at that point. Like, they're, they're not winning the division at that point. <laughs> yeah, if you... There was a graphic that showed if you changed... Like, if you reverse the outcome of all of the one-score games in the NFL this year, yeah. what would every team's record be? And the Vikings were 1-11. and 11. Yeah. They've beaten one team by more than one score, and that was Green Bay in week one. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been talking about Minnesota being frauds for weeks yep. and weeks on this podcast. And DVOA hates them. DVOA. No. DVOA hates them. They're currently 21st, which, like, even if you're just going by DVOA, it, it's very clear the Lions are the better team at this point. The Lions yeah. are now up to 12th in DVOA after being like bottom three through six or seven weeks of the season, they've skyrocketed DVOA hates the Vikings. Vegas hates the Vikings. We hate the Vikings because they have double digit wins and we've been talking about how they're frauds for weeks. So yeah, no, it was good. It was good to see. Now the lions are just on the fringe of the playoffs. They're about a game, they're a game and a half back of a playoff spot, and they have to jump Seattle in order to get into the playoffs as well. Mathematically, it doesn't sound like they have a huge chance, but we we talked through it this week. We started yeah. breaking it down, and it's like <laughs> I yeah. would be putting money on the Lions to grab that seventh seed right now because yeah, the teams in front of them are the Washington Fighting Georges the New York Giants, and the Seattle Sea Chickens. The Giants aren't winning another game this season. No. I, since they, I, they, they might steal one from, like, the fight in Georgia's, maybe. But, like, that is a stretch. Yeah, since I originally said that they wouldn't win another game this season, they're 0-3-1. They yeah. have three, three losses in one tie. I don't think it's happening. They play at the Fighting Georges on mm-hmm. Sunday Night Football this week. They're at Minnesota. Maybe they could win home versus the Colts. And then they're at the Eagles, and maybe that game doesn't matter to the Eagles as much. But, I I mean, the way that things stand right now, I don't know that they're winning another game this season. When you look at strength of schedule remaining, the Lions are 28th. Giants are 19th. Seattle is seven and Washington is six. So it's like, yeah, you're one game behind Seattle and Seattle has the tiebreaker, but Seattle's next two games are San Francisco and Kansas city. Yeah. So like, yes, you have to beat all of these teams by two games Mm -hmm. to get in. Someone's going to lose that Washington versus the giants game on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Well, I say that, but they've already tied. (laughs) Maybe no one loses. And I don't, I don't love what I've seen from Seattle lately, but I love what I've seen from the Lions. I mean, we ranked Jared Goff against the other quarterbacks in the NFC, and like it wasn't great. But also, like aside from quarterback, like where would you rank the Lions among the amongst the NFC teams right now? Like, are they they could possibly be like the third or fourth best team? Yeah, I was gonna say they're probably like number three if you take away quarterback. 
even quarterback like Jared Goff is playing the best football he's played since the Rams offense with Todd Gurley. Uh, that being said, uh, there is a lot of Kool-Aid flowing right now. And there's a lot of Lions fans saying that they're in on Jared Goff, that like, he's the guy. Uh, and while these last five games, like his stats look really, really good. I would like to remind everyone that he has had multiple throws like that fucking 360 no scope that he tried just a week ago. And he has just been lucky enough that defenses have not taken advantage of it and taken the ball away. Like that did not happen on Sunday, but there have been multiple throws littered over these last five weeks when he has been playing well. And if those throws go away, like I'm with you on Jared Goff. Great. Like you're not going to get much better than that, but let's not pretend that those throws don't exist because eventually defenses will start catching them. Yeah. Also like, let's not forget that Sean McVay yeeted Jared Goff into the shadow realm. Yeah. In favor of John Wolford. So just, I mean, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. He's playing good football. Yeah. He's always been capable of playing good football. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for God's sakes, the guy made a Super Bowl, right? Right. So, like, he's been capable of playing good football in a good system with a good team around him. But I don't think he's the quarterback of the future. Yeah, for me, it is just, like, those inexplicable throws that he sprinkles in here or there. And those are the throws that are like just absolute backbreakers. You know, there's always the, like, oh, well, like the protection wasn't good there or like, oh, look, like he didn't have any good receivers out there. And it's like, okay, like maybe those things are true. But if you are a quarterback that wants to win a Super Bowl, those can't be excuses. He's the proverbial heat check scorer from the yeah. NBA. Like, you're going to love this uh, comparison. He's J.R. Smith in real life. And, like, aside yeah. from the drinking of Hennessy and running around Cleveland without his shirt on. Which, you know, maybe Jared Goff is doing. I, I mean, who like, knows? But he can probably JR, get away with it. He's pretty ripped. Yeah. Like, J.R. Smith in his prime was like, he could come out one night and score 50. Yeah. Look, look like the best player in the world. And then he would have two straight weeks of like three points, four points, like 15 points, like shooting like Kyrie in the playoffs. Yeah, it's just it was inconsistency that drove everybody crazy with him. And I think that's the same thing with Goff is that like while he's been playing very good football as of late, you kind of don't know if he's going to come out like next Sunday or Saturday or whatever day they play this weekend and just throw an absolute stinker. Right. And when you play in the playoffs, like you're playing much better defenses uh, more often than not. And the last defense that was really good that he played was the Bills. And that was one of those games where like the stats kind of are a little bit misleading in terms of how well he played because that was the game with the 360 no scope. And he had a couple other throws in that game that were real head scratchers. Um and it's not even just like, oh, well, he didn't hit this throw or that throw. Because, like, you know what? 
I'll live with that because that's something that you can work on. Um, but <laughs> the stuff that just like really makes you wonder like what the thought process was there are the things that concern me. Definitely. But I do feel like if the Lions end up making the playoffs that they could potentially make some noise depending on the yeah. matchup. So like we we know that they're better than Minnesota. Right. They're just flat out the better team. So if they get that first round matchup against Minnesota, I mean, I would I'd bet on the Lions even if it was on the road. Yeah. I, I don't love a first round matchup against the 49ers. <laughs> I would like to avoid that one, but uh yeah. you know, if they get Minnesota, I, I could see them winning a playoff game for the first time ever. Is it no. ever since the no. merger? No. Uh 91, I believe, when uh, they went to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I'm going to stick with ever. Barry Sanders. Sounds right. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. So yeah, I, we're all literally once in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah, when we were one. So yeah, we're all we're all rooting for it. I, my advice to all of you is to root for it without actually drinking a blue Kool-Aid. Because I I downed that thing, but man, that was gross. It's like sugar and dye, and I feel like I'm probably gonna pass out in like half an hour. So you're <laughs> you're better off just going with blue curacao, honestly. That's what I should have done. That's what I should have done. But it was the meme was too good. It had to be blue Kool Aid. All right, on from the Lions to something less fun. Monday Night Football. We're going, we're going back into the regular format now. We had to get the Lions out of the way so that Matt could talk about other stuff. He had to get the blood out of my head. Yeah, both of them. Uh, Patriots, 27. Cardinals, 13. The Patriots improved to 7-6 and six and claim the 7th seed in the AFC, as of right now, at least. Matt, I'd, I feel very lost on this team. <laughs> this is my team. I'm a huge Patriots fan. I, I'm sure that everybody listening to this knows this, but like the the offense has been better the last couple of weeks. I saw a lot of people like, man, that was a great offensive performance last night. I'm like, hold on, because they scored 20 points. It's been about the league average. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. But the bar for improvement was so low that even just being league average is like a massive improvement to them. Yeah. It's it's like two sides of the same coin for me because like being seven and six with this roster and this coaching staff, I'm like, wow, that's like really impressive for yeah. Bill Belichick to pull that off. But on the other side of that coin, the reason that we have this roster and this coaching staff is because of Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> He's fighting with one arm tied behind his back. He's like, he tied an arm behind his back. He's like, okay, I won seven super or won six Super Bowls. This is too easy. Let's tie my right arm behind my back and see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fair analysis. Especially when like the one time you invested in wide receiver, it was Nikhil Harry. Oh, don't even get me started in the wide receiver investments. We pay. I think the most or the second most of any team in the entire league for our pass catching room. And we have like Hunter Henry, Janu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and Jacoby Myers. 
Yeah, I and forgot. We're, we're spending that you like guys, seventy million on that. Yeah, you spent like a bunch of money on Henry and Johnny Smith, and don't even like employ them in a way that utilizes what they're good at. <laughs> it's so frustrating that. So the coaching staff drives me insane because we just, I've said this on other podcasts that I've been on, but I don't think we talked about it on here. They just continue to recycle old voices and guys who have been here before. And like, this is their MO is like, okay, Josh McDaniels leaves to get the coach of the Broncos and he fails miserably and they bring him back. And then Matt Patricia leaves and fails miserably in Detroit and they bring him back and Joe judge goes to the Giants and fails miserably and they bring Joe Judge back. And Bill Belichick's got two kids on this coaching staff. And they it's it's just like I feel like Bill Belichick even 10 years ago would just be like, this is a fucking abomination. What are you guys doing? Like we need to get rid of like, you know, the the favoring of the kids and the yeah. bringing back the old friends and all stuff. Like he's gotten he's getting soft in his old age and like I I would I feel like this is such a big off season for them because you're going to have to make a decision about what you're going to do with this coaching staff going forward do you keep Patricia as the offensive coordinator do you bring mm-hmm. in a new name do you what do you do and they have about a hundred million dollars in cap space yeah and they they're gonna have to look at it and exercise that cap space better than they did two years ago when they went on that huge spending spree and like the only elite level player they brought in is Matthew Judon. Right. Who like I have my qualms with him as well. So you have a quarterback who's on a rookie contract, which is supposed to be like one of the biggest advantages in this sport. And you're using that to pay like Nelson Aguilar $17 million this year. Yeah. So it's got to be fixed. It's got to be fixed. And I know like I'm probably complaining a lot for someone whose team is seven and six and in a playoff spot right now, but this team is not a title contender. They will not win a first round playoff game if they make it. Part of me wonders, like, does Bill keep bringing these guys back and like hiring his kids because his goal is to eventually actually just like be the entire coaching staff himself. Like, <laughs> like, forget all these outsiders. I'm the only one who can coach. So I'm going to put these pawns in positions so that I can be the entire coaching staff. It's funny because what you said is that he would do all the jobs himself. But what I pictured was like an amorphous blob of like Bill Belichick just <laughs> absorbing other people. And it's just like this. You ever see the movie Akira where the, you know, the kid with telekinesis at the end becomes this huge monstrous blob. I'm yeah. picturing Bill Belichick, like a big monstrous blob on the sideline, just absorbing like iPads and clipboards and pencils. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the unwillingness to listen to new voices. Like, I'm like, you need to do yeah. something bold on offense next season. Like, yeah. I would, I'd move Patricia to another role. I would fire Patricia, but I'm sure they'll move him to another role instead of firing him. I would bring in, like, hell, if the Cardinals fire Kingsbury and they should after this season, bring in Cliff Kingsbury to be the yeah. offensive coordinator. 
just give me someone new, someone innovative, preferably from the Kyle Shanahan tree. It's just been a disaster. Like they they tried to install a new system in the preseason and it was absolute dog shit. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to go back to our old system. And it turned out the old system is dog shit too. So God, just figure something out because this team has like the young pieces that you need to start building on as part of this rebuild. Like the past draft, the 2022 draft class, actually like really good. Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, Bailey Zappi. You saw a couple of the running backs mm-hmm. get in yesterday after Ramondre went down. Like they got some real good the Jack Jones and Marcus Jones. Yeah. Are like elite level draft picks. Like those are very, very good players immediately. But then it's like, yeah. You also took Taekwon Thornton, who like we'll see. He was hurt at the beginning of the year, so we'll give him some time. And and the Cole Strange pick just continues to baffle (laughs) i just don't get it man i was looking at it again today trying to understand it he's the 69th ranked guard in the nfl by pff player grade right now nice yeah well he's number 69 i feel like he did it on purpose right yeah and there's just so many guys you could have had like you know who would look really good on this team right now any of the guards drafted after him (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say like Devin Lloyd or like Christian Watson or any of the other guys that were drafted between where we drafted him and where we probably could have drafted him. So yeah. like 29 and 75th. So I don't know, man. I think you can look at it like in a silver linings and be like, okay, if you had picked Jack Jones in the first round and drafted Cole Strange in the fourth round, like if you flop those draft picks just based on play alone, you would be happy. But that's not how it works. Like we could have had Jack Jones and Devin Lloyd or like someone who's actually good at football. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see with Cole Strange. It's his first year and he went to Chattanooga. So like the jump has been from Chattanooga to the NFL. Yeah. But that was also the thing that made the pick so puzzling in the first place. Yeah. And I mean... Going from Chattanooga to playing for Bill Belichick is also probably not the easiest transition. I'm guessing that he was able to get away with a lot of just, you know, relying on your physical abilities there and didn't really have to rely on nearly as much like technique and technicalities as Bill Belichick is going to expect out of you. It's a big change. Cole Strange went from his offensive coordinator at Chattanooga to Matt Patricia and went, whoa, why did my coaching get worse? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, I mean, and on the Cardinal side of things, falling to four and nine, just when you thought the Kyler Murray contract couldn't look any worse, he goes down on the second play of the game with a non-contact injury and he's done for the year. So I just... yeah. Goodbye, Cardinals. Goodbye, Cliff Kingsbury. The season was a massive disappointment with all of the talent they had. They were a playoff team last season. I don't feel like there's anything else to say. Like, you look at that roster, you look at the talent on that roster, yeah. and then you look at the results on the field, and it's like, they, you got a clean house. It's time. Goodbye, is, everyone. Is there currently another big money quarterback? Deshaun Watson notwithstanding, because that's up for debate. 
that is as untouchable right now as Kyler Murray. There is. Okay, you want me to give you the other ones? There's two more. Go for it. Russell Wilson? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers? I think someone would take a swing on Rodgers. That's They'd fair. be dumb for it. They'd be they'd be an absolute idiot. But I think they would they would look at the Russell Wilson thing and be like, okay, well yeah, he was really good, but he's not like a legend like Rogers, which never should have been considered a legend. I mean he's literally accomplished in terms of winning Super Bowls exactly as much as Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson. Like it's fair. The I think if you were talking about who the most untouchable quarterbacks in the league right now are, I mean, and like you said, besides Deshaun Watson, yeah, the, the rankings are probably Russell Wilson at number one. Yeah. I guess we'd have to put Kyler Murray at number two because of the contract yeah. and yeah. the results. And then I guess Aaron Rodgers would be number three. But yeah, yeah. I, I guess you're right. Like, I guess someone would probably take a chance on him before they go to one of those other guys. Yeah, I mean, I I can see maybe someone trying to take a swing on Kyler just because he's still so young. But man, like, unless your head coach is also like providing like psychotherapy, then. I don't think you're going to get him to actually realize like, oh, I need to put in actual work. Can I give you like a hot take name for the untouchable list? Yeah. How do you feel about Lamar Jackson right now? I would still take him. But I can see how there would be teams that would be backing off. But at the end of the day, like there's still nine and four like and that a large part of that is is still him i think that gets lost is that if they don't have him they i don't think they get to nine and four that's fair as a lions fan though would you trade like multiple first round picks for him right now i think i would trade two but probably not the rams one that's going to be like top five yeah Probably not, because that probably means I get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. I would be willing to see what I can do in a season where you add that kind of defensive line talent to this defense that is starting to play very well and like just lower the bar as to like what Jared Gump needs to accomplish. Yeah. That's what like think about that move though, is like you trade the second first round pick this year, which will be like low twenties. Yeah. And then your first round pick next year for Lamar Jackson. And then you keep that Rams pick and draft Jalen Carter. Yeah. Or Will Anderson. Now all of a sudden we're cooking with gas. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I would have Lamar Jackson as untouchable. I just was thinking from like a hot take perspective. I wanted to see how you yeah. felt about that. Cause I, I think like if you're just looking at like big money quarterbacks right now, Mm-hmm that you're not going to get too far down that list before you hit Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Because your other guys, I mean, I guess you could have Tom Brady up there. 
I'm really taking a wait and see on that one. Um, just because this whole season has been such a mess for that entire offense. And like, yeah, like Tom is certainly part of that, but it was kind of derailed early on with injuries anyways. So I just, I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> it's fair. It was derailed. I don't by, think anyone does. <laughs> derailed by injuries and divorce. Yeah. And he's, he's coming back to new England next season anyway. So <laughs> come on, Tom. Uh, but, uh, all right. Speaking of quarterbacks on to Sunday night football, chargers win 23 to 17 over the Miami dolphins. I feel like everyone was gearing up to do the Herbert versus Tua segment. It was like all the national radio shows and all the shows on ESPN are like, oh, we're going to, you know, oh, we're going to have a debate and you take the Herbert side and I'll take the Tua side and we'll fight over like, did did the Chargers make the right pick and blah, blah, blah. I feel like everybody was all, I feel like they wrote that. They wrote the segment on Friday. Yeah. And they're like, we're just going to lead off with it on Monday, baby. We're done. Then Justin Herbert goes 39 of 51 for 367 yards and a touchdown, while Tua goes a putrid 10 for 28 for 145 yards and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And 60 of the 145 came on one pass to Tyreek. Yeah. Without that pass, he was 9 for 27 for 85 yards against a defense that's quite frankly, like not that great. So, right. Absolutely brutal performance for Tua on a national stage yeah and like this was the question that we had about Tua is what happens when a team manages to contain Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are you able to work with the rest of your weapons to run a functional offense and he could not yeah, but I feel like the thing that's really like contained Waddle, at least in certain games, because like Hill's Hill was like even really good on Sunday, even though Tua was horrible. He had a right. 60 yard receiving touchdown and then that crazy fumble recovery for a touchdown, which. Right. Yeah. Can I just say that that was the most confusing play in the world to me because yeah. my phone went off before the play happened and it said touchdown Jeff Wilson Jr. Because I have Jeff Wilson Jr. on my fantasy team. It was like touchdown Jeff Wilson Jr. fumbles 60 yards Tyreek Hill. And I was like, what the hell? And then I watched it happen on the TV and I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. So, I, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, I feel like the thing that's really yeah. held back this offense this year has been Tua to a degree. Yeah. You know, and it's it's him missing these guys in space and it's him overthrowing mm-hmm. or underthrowing balls or not putting it on his guys. And he's had games where he's been super accurate and been really good this season, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been as of late because the last couple of games have been really rough for him. Yeah. I mean, he, he just doesn't have like a particular tool that he brings to the game that, you know, is particularly special. And I know that he can be very accurate at times, but, you know, that kind of puts him in the same boat as, you know, 
Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, like these guys that like, you know what? They, yeah, can absolute drop some absolute dimes, like mind shattering throws. And then out of nowhere, they just like can't make these throws that you're absolutely expecting to be routine. And it's not necessarily like super frequent, but it happens enough, especially in the modern NFL where you're throwing more passes that like it derails your drives. And it doesn't matter if like you only had like three of those in a game, if they happen on third down, that's three drives that you stop from ending in points. That might as well have been three interceptions. Yeah, I'm I'm putting Miami on fraud alert for the rest yeah. of the season. They're eight and four, seventeenth in defensive DVOA, thirty first in special teams DVOA. Mm-hmm. And it's like we saw like in this game the other day the the Tyreek Hill fumble recovery thing. I think kind of masked it a little bit because it makes the score yeah. look a little bit better. But if right. you don't if you don't get that play, it's twenty three to ten. And Tua has had a horrible performance. Right. So like when he's not playing well, mm-hmm. that that offense is like this team saving grace. And if it's not scoring a lot of points, I I don't know what they do. And like they got Buffalo yep. this weekend on Saturday. So yeah. like not a lot of time to fix it. Yeah. And I mean, you take away that 60 yarder to Tyreek Hill and Tyreek only had like 20 receiving yards. You're talking about two plays that like really was like the vast majority of their offense. Yeah, it masked a lot of issues. So, I mean, I know there's been a lot of two truthers coming out this season. Yeah. But we both agree that the Chargers or that the Dolphins made the wrong pick. Like Herbert was the right pick, even though at the time nobody thought so. But I wanted to like take a look back and say like, okay, So Herbert would have been the right pick, but like who else would have been the right and wrong pick in the 2020 NFL draft? So I did like a quick redraft of the top 10 picks of that draft. And when I say quick, I mean, like I stared at this and thought about it for a very long time (laughs) and then wrote down some names. So from the perspective of like, I'm trying to build a team who don't worry about who was on the Bengals in 2020. Just from the perspective of like, I'm trying to build a team from scratch. Who am I taking? I did the top 10 of the 2020 NFL draft. So I'll give you the original pick and then who I'm replacing them with. And you let me know what you think. I I feel like I kind of have some hot takes in here. But we'll see how everybody feels. So the first pick was Joe Burrow. I That's the correct pick. Yeah. You're taking Joe Burrow again. I was going to have to yell at you if you tried to go off script on that one. No, no, that that's like the, that was the easiest part. The top two, I think, were the easiest part. I think you're going Burrow one. You're going Herbert number two. Yeah. The number two pick was Chase Young by the Fighting Georges. I think if they had a redo, they'd take Herbert. The Lions took Jeff Okuda at three. Mm-hmm. I, I also think this one is extremely easy. You're picking Justin Jefferson. If you're redrafting, we've seen how important the wide receiver position has become in the modern NFL, and he might be the best one in the NFL. 
I mean, AJ Terrell has been really good. I don't know that I would take him over Justin Jefferson, just positional value wide receiver at three is a little rough, but Derek Brown, maybe, but I think it's hard to argue against a guy that just put up like what, 223 yards on my team. So yeah, Justin Jefferson is absolutely incredible. And with the positional importance of wide receivers in the modern NFL, I'm, I'm going with him. Uh, the fourth pick was the Giants. They took Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle from Georgia. So I have them picking Tristan Wirfs yep. instead. Wirfs That's is, the right pick. Yeah, Wirfs is the number four offensive tackle in the league this year by player grade on PFF. Yeah. Funny enough, Andrew Thomas is actually the number three offensive tackle. He's been better, according to their grades, than Tristan Wirfs. But Thomas is someone who's gotten better every year. Werfs is someone that was instantly good the first year he came in, and he's been great yeah. every year. So I took the consistency of Werfs over Andrew Thomas. This is where I think it starts to get a little wacky. Pick five, the Dolphins took Tua. I am taking Jalen Hurts. He's minus 180 to be the MVP this season. I think the questions are still... How does he do in the playoffs? Yeah. Like against better defenses, all of the things that we've talked about on this podcast for the last couple of weeks. And is he like a one hit wonder? You know, like Lamar Jackson had that MVP season and kind of fell off after that. So, like, what does he do in the future? But I mean, I think if we're talking about franchise quarterbacks, we have Burrow and Herbert for sure. And then Hertz is like a maybe with what we've seen this season. So I think I'm still taking the upside of a potential franchise quarterback here. Yeah, I mean, I'm still very much waiting to see with him. But I mean, if this is if this is who he can beat in a playoff game, then okay. But uh, still got to see it very much. I know it's the hard part of like doing this after week 14. Of the yep. season where he's having his breakout season versus like after the playoffs. Cause if he yeah. goes like, if he two is it in the playoffs, then we look back at this and go like, oh yeah, I wouldn't take it that high. But this is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Uh, number six, the pick was Justin Herbert. He's the correct pick there, but he's off the board. So I went with Andrew Thomas, the tackle that we just talked about. Uh, he is number three in PFF player grade this season. And while he hasn't had like the consistently great start to his career that Werfs has had, he's starting to round into form. Like he's having his breakout year this year with the Giants and he's looking really good. So I'm taking that franchise left tackle, or at least the potential of it right now. Uh I don't know if I would necessarily take him over some of the guys that are currently out there. Um like Terrell and uh, Derek Barnes. But, I mean, he's playing his best football this year. So, I mean, he's earned the right to be in the top 10 here for sure. Yeah. The thing I like about him is that he's gotten better every season. Right. So you got to project like, okay, like if this is who he is now, he's a good player. Yeah. I I, I liked him in the draft. 
So, I mean, I don't have an issue with it. I just, I just think that those guys have probably performed better in their time in the NFL overall. Yeah, I, I will tell you, though, I don't have A.J. Terrell in my top 10. I do have a corner. It's not A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell's been very bad this season. Yeah, this this year, yes, I would give you that. But like when he's not been bad, he's also been incredible. He was like one of the best corners in the league last season. Yep. So like his first year, not great. His second year, phenomenal. Third yeah. year, not great again. So it's just the inconsistency worried me. Yeah. I did pick a corner in a couple picks, so we'll talk about that in a moment. But pick seven was Derek Brown for the Panthers. I'll, I'll stick with Derek Brown there. I think that's probably the right pick as an interior yeah. defensive lineman. He's been a problem for a lot of teams. He's one of the highest rated defensive linemen, interior players in the NFL so far this season. So, yeah. Number eight, the pick was Isaiah Simmons. I'm going to switch that to CD Lamb. We talked about the positional importance of receivers in the modern NFL. I, I honestly, I think CD Lamb is even more talented than what we've seen in Dallas so far. I think he's kind of held back a little bit by the scheme and by who he's catching the ball from. But I, I think the talent is definitely there. The other wide receiver options were T Higgins and Michael Pittman. Both not bad options, but I'm taking CD Lamb over those guys. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's better than both of those guys. Um, Higgins is probably closer. I think you could probably have an actual argument on that one because, but they're just very very different styles of play that I think is kind of hard to compare and contrast. So, pick nine was C.J. Henderson. This is where my corner comes in. I, I, I promise you guys, I'm not taking who people are like, oh, you probably took Trayvon Diggs. Look at all the interceptions. No, I did not take a Trayvon Diggs. I did not take AJ Terrell. I'm taking Legarius Sneed, the corner for Kansas City. This season, he is the number three ranked corner per PFF grade. He's the number three corner in coverage grade. He's number 23 against the run and number seven in pass rush. Two picks, p- 10 passes defended, three forced fumbles, three and a half sacks, and 89 total tackles for Snead this season. I, the coverage being that good and the versatility being that high this season, I I like it. I it was I really debated between like which corner from this class do you take, but he, he's been phenomenal this season. I don't think there's any denying it, and it's another guy who... Like AJ Terrell's been up and down. It was like yeah. bad, bad, great, bad. This guy's consistently gotten better every season. So that's why I put Legarius Sneed in this spot. I I I will say a lot of this probably comes down to coaching for these guys, right? Um something something was figured out for AJ Terrell last year and then unfigured out. Something unfigured when, like as a coaching staff, how do you allow that to happen? Or is he not healthy and are you sending him out there when he clearly can't do what he's good at? I was just going to say, I I wonder how much of it's like injury based because I think he's had some bumps and bruises along the way this season as well. So pick 10 
this is the last one we're going to do. It was Jedrick Willis Jr. I I really struggled with this because I think there's a like a lot of guys that you could pick. Uh, you mentioned Barnes earlier. Yeah. Um, on when you, I mean, if you're for like looking at positional value, I guess we're probably going Barnes. But on when you's been really good, the guard for the Patriots. Josh Uche, the pass rusher for the Patriots, is number eight in pass rush grade this season. He's starting to break out. So, like, he's ranked as the best edge rusher from this class, but it's another guy who's had a lot of inconsistency that kind of scares me. I could still see Chase Young for, like, the potential upside, but he's only played, like, nine games the last... He hasn't played this season, and he only played nine games last year. And in his nine games last year, he only had one and a half sacks. I went way off the board here, especially for positional value. And I I picked safety Cameron Curl from the Washington Fighting Georges. I think one of the most underrated players in the NFL right now. Number two safety in the entire league in PFF grade, only behind Minka Fitzpatrick. That is... That is an interesting choice, um, especially from you, because I know how big of a Antoine Winfield Jr. guy you are. Um, that was I didn't mention him, but he was on my list, too, of guys I was uh, looking at. My very biased uh, choice here. And I know that it's it's a roll of the dice because it's a small sample size. But I would have gone with a Kuda. This the guy has just been so goddamn good this year, and like I know that uh, he faltered a little bit this past week, but he was out like out of practice all week with the flu and cramped up, <laughs> so uh, wasn't really able to be on the field in the fourth quarter very much. Um, but when he's been on the field this week, I Honestly, like DK Metcalf's been the only guy who's like really gotten the better of him. And that's because he tried to bully DK Metcalf, who has like 30 pounds on him. So you can't do that. Yeah. I I thought about Okuda. I thought about Winfield. I thought about a couple guys. I just, I was taking a look and I was just like, man, like Cameron Curl, seventh round pick, and he's balling so i thought i'd show him some love but i would listen to arguments for a lot of other guys like even like we mentioned t higgins didn't have him on there okuda aj terrell there's a lot of good players and there's going to be other guys in this draft class who pop off over the next couple seasons so it's hard to say right now but that was my top 10 i felt pretty good about yeah yeah i mean jeremy chin Mm -hmm. another good option uh yep uh not that we would ever take a running back this high, but we didn't even mention Jonathan Taylor. I like I couldn't I thought about it, but I couldn't put a running back in the top ten because it goes against every single thing I've ever said on this podcast. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. But he he would have been better than what was taken there. So Yeah, I mean if you're just talking about pure talent. Yeah. And we're like getting rid of positional mm-hmm. importance and scarcity and stuff like that. Yeah. He's probably one of the top five most talented guys in this draft class. Yep, um, 
for sure. Yes, uh, yeah, Swift. You got Kyle Duggar is there. Yeah, um, I, I would, <laughs> I would take Jonah Jackson there over Swift any day. Uh, not that I don't love Swift and want to see him on the field more, but a running back and b running back that's having a hard time staying on the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that your guys' backup running back has scored 14 touchdowns this season, I think kind of yeah. illustrates the fact that you should never, ever spend a premium pick on running back this season. Someone is going to take Bajan Robinson in the top 15 in the upcoming NFL draft, and I'm going to yep. lose my shit on this podcast. Yeah, I, I felt good about that, but I think Tua not in the top 10. I think we can we could probably name like another 10 players that we might take before Tua at this point, so... Yeah, I I would say that's probably accurate. Yeah. But on to random thoughts from week 14 of the NFL season. In my notes, I wrote random thoughts TM. It's trademark. This is our segment. Can't do this segment on other podcasts. Random thought number one. Backup quarterbacks are unstoppable until they're not. <laughs> so Brock Purdy is like the flavor of the week this week after leading San Francisco to back-to-back victories. Uh, yep. The latest one being over the Buccaneers on Sunday, 35 to seven. Mm-hmm. It's like, everybody's like, Oh man, Brock Purdy. Like he might be really good. Like let's like, they all start hyping him up. And I just look at him like, okay, he went 16 of 21 for 188 yards and two touchdowns. It, he was, he was good. Yeah, man. He is seventh round yeah. pick. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He's starting his first couple NFL games. He's played fine. That, they flashed a graphic during the Buccaneers game of him next to Tom Brady. And they're like, we're not saying he's Tom Brady, but I'm like, no, there's no, but there's no, but needed. He's not Tom Brady. He's just stop it. Stop with the graphics. You don't need to compare every like late round pick who does well to Tom Brady Just stop. And I feel like what happens a lot is like these backup quarterbacks come in, start a couple games, fans start getting carried away where they're just like, Oh man, we might've found like the next great quarterback. And then the game comes where they throw like three interceptions and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's why he's a backup quarterback. Yeah. I mean, everyone forgets that Mike white had that game where he had four interceptions last year. Backup quarterbacks do really well when they come in because they're not being asked to do a lot outside of the natural structure of the offense. And when they're forced to do that, they throw four interceptions. Yeah, and I I do feel like San Francisco can be successful with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Just like, honestly, I don't feel like the drop-off from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy is like this massive drop-off that we sometimes see between like elite quarterbacks and their backups. Yeah, I... They have enough around him to be successful still. I, I think where we'll see the difference is when does someone decide, okay, we're just going to take away the outside zone. You're going to beat us some other way. Yeah. I mean, it's also one thing when you're beating the Buccaneers 35 to seven and you're playing quarterback and having fun. It's another thing when you're trying to throw into the teeth of the Philadelphia defense during the playoffs. Right. So we'll see. Random thought. Number two, we need to change the rules for who makes the playoffs and who gets home games. It's getting stupid. 
we're getting to the point right now where we're going to have like a 13 and four Dallas team playing on the road against like the Falcons or the Panthers because they won a shitty NFC South. Why can we not just have like the seven best teams from the conference? Just be in like my fear with this is that like either Seattle or Detroit is going to get left out of the playoffs. And then we're going to have like this shitty, like Carolina team that makes it at like seven and nine or seven and 10, whatever the fucking numbers are. And it's just like, why, why we saw this years ago in 2008, the Patriots went 11 and five with Matt castle at quarterback and missed the playoffs while an eight and eight chargers team made it. And like if uh, the goal of the NFL is to have the best team win the championship at the end of the year, why not just put the best teams in the playoff in order and let them play? Like the division championship thing is so stupid that you get a home game for winning a division when you have a division that's this freaking bad. I, I do think that winning your division should give you something with regards to that, but there needs to be like a reasonable threshold. Like you should have to at least break 500 for that to matter. At that point, like you, if, if you are only eight and nine, then you kick right into the wild card. It, it just seems silly to me that like the Cowboys could potentially win. I mean, it's funny because it's the Cowboys. It, and in all fairness, like the Cowboys almost lost to the fucking Texans. So like, let's not. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm mostly using them as an example, but it seems silly right. that you could win like 12 or 13 games in a season and go on the road and play a yeah. team who's won half of that. Yeah. And like, and you have the disadvantage of like, oh shit, now we got to go to Tampa Bay and ta- play Tom Brady who won eight games this season. <laughs> and like, that's just, it would really piss me off if like Detroit got left out of the playoffs and yeah. then like Carolina wins their division at like six and 11. And it's just like, okay, Carolina football, let's go. And we got to watch this shitty Carolina team during the wild card week. Like, I don't want it. I'm not here for it. Change the rules. Yeah. Um, also, I, I'm kind of irritated about the fact I, didn't really notice it until like these last couple weeks with the lions but like just the lions is what fox does they like mute the crowd noise so that you can just hear their announcers talk incessantly and 90% of the time it's like absolute complete and utter nonsense you're taking away the viewer's ability to actually get like the feel and the vibe of the game. That's what bothers me because these last couple of weeks, like four field was bumping. <laughs> yeah, the the only people I hate more than NFL announcers is Mel Kiper. <laughs> My final random thought for the week is just that it's time for the fantasy football playoffs. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. Congratulations if you made it. I made it in both leagues, uh, in large part thanks to Matt <laughs> taking taking out Carlos, who Carlos was a game ahead of me, but I had more points. 
uh, and Carlos put up a whopping 30. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at, at that point, like, that's not even on me. That's just on Carlos laying an absolute fucking egg. I, it was crazy, man. I would love to see some of the fantasy stuff that happened. Car- so, yeah, Carlos scored 47. I was playing Dave. Dave only scored 58. Yeah, like, well, in in the other league, uh, Trent only put up 55 against me. Yeah, so, like, there was some bad fantasy performances <laughs> by good players yeah. this weekend. Brutal. Um, yeah, I was, try- I was thinking about it today, and I was like, I don't know which one of my two teams I enjoy more. So they yeah. both they both started two and four. One of them went seven and one down the stretch to give me a nine and five record. The yeah. other only went four and three down the stretch, but it made the playoffs at six and eight. And I kind of think I would rather <laughs> win with that one just for the meme of like going six and eight and winning the fantasy championship. Mm-hmm. It's everything that I just bitched about in the last random thought. Yeah, you know, ironically. Like, I feel like I have a better chance with my team that doesn't have a buy than I do with my team that does have a buy, just because I don't know. I like, I almost, even though it's fantasy football and there's no such thing as momentum, I feel like it takes away all my momentum. There is a hundred percent such thing as momentum in fantasy football. My team that seven and one in the last eight has scored a uh, hundred and twenty or more points every week since yeah. week nine this season, and I'm like, I wouldn't want to buy with that team. I'm like, let's go. We got to play this weekend. We are yeah. hot. We're red hot. I would not want to take a week off. That's like a death sentence. Oh, I'm still setting my lineup as as I normally would. You have like... to keep keep the players sharp, Matt. Keep their heads <laughs> in the game. You know what else is funny about both of our leagues? Based on the brackets, w- we can't play each other in either league until the championship. Yeah, that's the way it should be. That's if that comes to pass where we play each other in one or both fantasy championships, that that might be the actual end of this podcast. <laughs> we made it through the week where we played each other in fantasy two weeks in a row and then the Patriots played the Lions and that was like a tenuous situation. We're lucky nothing crazy happened in that game, but like playing each other in a fantasy championship while having a podcast. What if we play each other in two fantasy championships while we have a podcast? No, that that would be a significant stress stressor on our relationship. We would have to record the podcast separately and then splice it together. (laughs) Like you do your audio. I'll do my audio. We'll see you next week. Just like not salad just like doesn't make any sense just talking about two completely different things we spliced it together and it's like this is you know what we'll do the week that we play each other in the fantasy championship (laughs) clip show yeah that's the that's the week we do a clip show we we just like do what all the sitcoms do when they get too lazy to write something and we're like hey here's a clip show we're we're not talking to each other this week so no, I, I for real. I hope that we play each other in at least one of the fantasy championships just for like yeah. the, the content gold mine on this yeah. podcast. It would be glorious. That's like two full weeks of like, oh, we're playing each other this week. And then like the yep. following week of like the memes, It's be- it would be a beautiful thing. Yeah. 
So good luck to you, sir. I, I hope I see you there. Yep. Maybe at the finish line. Yeah, I got to You're like halfway there in one of the leagues because you got to buy. Yeah, I have no buys. I'm going to war this weekend. <laughs> I play Alex in one league, your buddy, Alex, who yeah. has Deshaun Watson on his team. Yeah, I just feel like you it, have to win now. I have to. It's like divine punishment. You can't have Deshaun Watson on your fantasy team. And then I play Sean in the other league and he has Tyreek Hill. I I will bring justice to the heathens this weekend, Matt. You're just uh, going like full zealot here. It's fucking going. It. It's going down. I'm going to go put on my crusading armor while I watch football this weekend. It's like sitting on the couch, drinking a white claw in full crusade armor, <laughs> watching my Yahoo sports fantasy football team go at it. But all right, that is it for us. As always, you can find Fouled Out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. And you can find our videos on TikTok at Fouled Out Sports Podcast. It's a long name, but you really can't miss it. You can also get additional Fouled Out content on Patreon, patreon.com slash Fouled Out Sports. Just posted a podcast there this past weekend of the college football bowl games I am looking forward to most in the upcoming college football bowl season. Uh, one of them is on Friday. So if you guys want to find out, like this is going to come out on Wednesday. You got two days. Go sign up for the Patreon. It's only $3. And you can find out what you should be watching Friday. I mean, I guess it's probably not that hard because there's two bowl games and one of them is two ranked conference champions playing each other. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, what about the other are hard? Games? Yeah. What about the other bowl games I talked about? Don't do your own research. Let me do your research for three dollars a month on Patreon. Don't think for yourself. Look where thinking for yourself has gotten to you. And for only three dollars more, you can listen to an additional four episodes of this podcast every month. Yeah, they're good. They're fun. I put a lot of effort into the Patreon. People should go pay for it. I'm going I'm to do it either way, but there's they're up yeah. there. There's like seven podcasts up there right now covering different sports. We had a guest on to talk college football. Uh, I'm going to do another one this weekend, probably about like hockey or baseball or got a lot of Red Sox thoughts that I got to get out there if you're a Red Sox fan. So go, go check it out. It's less than a cup of coffee in the morning. Well, I mean, from what I hear, coffee is getting pretty expensive. So, You know what's immune to inflation? This podcast. The fucking Patreon. <laughs> it's $3 a month. The price doesn't change. Go subscribe. Got any other thoughts before we sign off? I just really hate Adam Thielen. <laughs> You know who isn't a baby like Adam Thielen? Jose Calderon? Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) I knew it was coming. But yeah, the Vikings played at the Patriots a couple years back when we were still a good football team. And like Thielen was like getting in a fight with Bill Belichick on the sideline, like chirping at him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ever since then, I've just been like, I hate this guy. Yeah. a, A few years ago. We beat the Vikings and like he like took to the media to like trash the Lions secondary. And I'm like, dude, you just lost. You know what would have helped you win? Scoring points on that secondary. If you would have been better. But all right, my friend, I will talk to you soon. I have uh five more blue Kool-Aids I have to drink because I bought a full pack of them just for the joke 
of this podcast. <laughs> and now here we are. If I make it to next week, I will see you then. Hey, uh, you should give Maddie some because, you know, bandwagon. Yeah, and then he'll never grow again. Yeah, <laughs> we're not doing that to a baby. All right, my friend, I will see you soon. <laughs> Later. Bye, guys. Bye, um, Mom. Bye.